You're listening to the Efficient Practice Podcast, episode number six. Welcome to the Efficient Practice Podcast. If you want increased productivity, profitability, and a better quality of life, this show is for you. And now your host, Dr. Evelyn Samuel. Welcome to the Efficient Practice Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Evelyn Samuel, and I'm super excited about our show today. There is going to be a ton of value. We have an excellent guest. Our guest for today is Naren Arurajya. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you very much, Dr. Samuel. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. And before we get into your interview, it's going to be, like I said, jam-packed with a lot of valuable information. So you all are going to want to listen into the end. You want to hear this entire episode. So if you haven't already joined our free Facebook group, it's called the Efficiency Now Network. I would suggest you do that at this point. There are a lot of dentists and other professionals who are on there who may have an efficient practice or are using efficient practices to run their businesses better. So we're all in there to help each other and just have better businesses and a better quality of life. And also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to, rate, and review the show, The Efficient Practice Podcast, which is now on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and several other podcast mediums. Now, before we dive deep into this interview, I want to talk a little bit about our esteemed guest that we have today, Naren Arulraja. So I'm just going to give you all a little bit about uh, Naren's background, and it's pretty extensive. Naren Aruraja is a self-described, self-serial entrepreneur, enthusiastic about serving others. For more than 10 years, he has helped dentists, doctors, lawyers, coaches, consultants, and other professionals find practice success with personal fulfillment. Naren is a consultant, speaker, author, and above all, an inspirational innovator. Ace Tech Ontario honored Naren's accomplishments with their 2014 Leadership Initiative Award. As founder and CEO of Equa Marketing, Naren has brought together a talented team of global experts in all areas of digital marketing. Their focus is on helping clients increase revenues, reduce workplace stress, and improve work-life balance. Equus International client base currently numbers about 200 at all stages of practice from startups to growth, transitioning to new leadership and merger and acquisition. Naren's unique formula builds in as much input and participation as the client desires, with the Equa team handling the workload. It is a strategy that makes success happen with services such as website design, development, hosting, and maintenance, SEO, optimizing rank on Google, Bing, and Yahoo search engines, done-for-you solutions for paid internet advertising, social media and reputation management, specialized marketing, videos, podcasts, newsletters, and infographics, and other services for generating practice growth and success. With a special interest in dentistry, 
Marin has developed effective platforms to help the careers of busy dental professionals, such as the Growing Dentist Podcast, a podcast series hosted by Marin with over 90 podcast episodes that has featured some of the leading authorities in the dental field, such as Dr. Christopher Phelps, Dr. David Moffitt, Dr. Mark, Mark Costas, Dr. Gary Takix, Dr. Stephen Rasner, Gary Caddy, Dr. Will Williams, Bill Williams, and many others. Grow My Reviews, an automated review collecting software that makes gaining five-star patient reviews effortless. Off-hours patients, this is an artificially intelligent chat box, which is the warm, compassionate face of your business when you and your staff are not available. With responses tailored to your offering, this product provides all the feels that gathers leads 24-7, 365 days a year. Done for me social. This tool provides personalized posts that capture the character of your business, increasing visibility, supporting authority, and stimulating meaningful interaction. My digital signboards. It's an extremely effective marketing tool with smiling patients holding catchy signs. It is simple and captivating. With my digital signboards, memorable moments start on your iPod and go viral. It makes the patient feel special and the professional graphics and design are perfect for website use and social media shares. Done for me, NAP or NAP, credible, reliable search results requiring consistent name, address, and phone number formatting across the internet. That takes expertise and time. This product does it for you. Dr. Me TV, a multimedia platform dedicated to providing recognition for doctors, Doctors' Choice Awards, a platform for doctors to rave and review other doctors. Grow My Testimonials, a done-for-you software and service to create compelling video testimonials. Original platforms like these are Naren's way of giving back to the dental and medical community that has been instrumental in his own success. Naren's published volumes available on Amazon include Eight Steps Every Dentist Should Take to Dominate Their Market Online, 2013, Eight More Steps Guaranteed to Grow Your Dental Practice Online, 2014, Game Over, A Dentist's Guide to Google Domination, 2015. With a philosophy in personal and professional life of surrounding himself with others as passionate about success as he is, Naren fosters a philanthropic environment of sharing and has been featured on popular podcast shows such as The Relentless Dentist, the Thriving Dentist Show, The Conscious Millionaire, and now the Efficient Practice Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Naren is, and his wife live in Missagua, Ontario, with their two daughters. The oldest is a budding robotics engineer, and the younger shows great interest in journalism. Welcome to the show, Naren. Wow, thank you for that <laughs> amazing introduction. I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. You are amazing and you have done amazing things. So I am super excited and stoked about this interview and I'm so happy that you're joining, joining us today. Thank you very much, Dr. Dr. Samuel. You have been so kind. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
Absolutely, absolutely. And so your bio says a lot. It says so much. Um, but before we really get into your interview, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? What led you to do all of these great things? What, what has been your journey this far? Yeah, I'll tell you the, 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 the kind of the ugly side and the good side. So I guess I'm the only child. And uh, I remember when I was like uh, five years old, um, my, my cousin came to our house and, uh, you know, she's 10 months older than me. And I couldn't, you know, read or write even ABCs, the letters. And my parents um, uh, take both of us to the zoo and she comes back and she writes an essay and she recites a poem. And, my, and I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be the hero of my house. And here is this girl who's just showing me, you know, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so anyways, I think that had an impact on me. And my mom being a teacher and she was a stay-at-home mom, uh, decided I need to work on my son. <laughs> so I guess, uh, like, she really spent a lot of time with me. You know, I was her life, of course. And uh, so I would get 60. She's like, what about 70? And then 70, what about 80? Just kept going, right? And uh, the good news is I achieved a lot. And I, I did a lot with my life. So in 2013, I woke up. I thought I had everything I wanted to achieve. But now what? You know, I felt uh, really miserable because um, all the things I thought that would make me happy, you know, the, the lifestyle, the, 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 the company, the people, all that stuff didn't really make me happy. So I went on this journey of uh, soul searching and trying to figure out who am I, what makes me happy. And I realized I love to create things. And I love to create things with people who are as passionate as I am in creating things. So I decided, you know, like adding a zero and going after it is not going to make me happy because I know I can do it. It's just same old, same old. And then what, what happens when I get to that zero? So I decided what can I do to really make me really get engaged with life? You know, my kids were, I think, 12 or 13 at the time. And my oldest is now 16 and my youngest is you know, almost 13. So I realized I just wanted to make 1000 times more impact in the world over the next 30 years compared to the last 10. Why? Because it's something challenging, something that'll keep me, you know, waking up every day thinking and, you know, playing with life, you know, engaging with life. And again, it's not a straight line. Once you decide a goal or a vision, you don't have all the answers, you just do it because you just make a decision that you're going to do it. And as I went through that journey, what I discovered is, and, I, I, and I'm really committed to, is the idea that um, how can I be life-giving and powerful on behalf of the world? So what I mean by that is um, being powerful, but in a life-sucking way, that's kind of the way I used to be, like always fixing things, always seeing what's wrong. It sucks the life out of people, including myself. And I found it to be very unfulfilling. That's, I think, maybe why I felt so empty in 2013. Yeah, I had everything on paper, but always there's something wrong for me to fix. So I'm like always, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? Um, so that was a pretty transformational set of five years um, to really discover myself. So I have made a commitment to be life-giving and powerful. So how do I make the people around me amazing? Uh, in other words, I am powerful when they are powerful. I am life-giving and powerful so that they become life-giving and powerful. Because one thing we don't realize is we touch the whole world. Like you and I are talking here. Hopefully I'm touching you because some of those things I'm sharing, you are touching me with your gratitude and your, I mean, your kindness. You know what I mean? And perhaps somebody's watching this and they're like, yeah, you know, I also feel, 
you know, kind of unfulfilled. And maybe Narain's story kind of resonates with you. And maybe I'm touching him. Maybe he's uh, being a role model for his kid, you know, where he's not only like achieving, 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 like I used to be, but achieving in a way that really adds to the world in a life-giving way. Maybe that kid grows up to be the next president of the United States. Who knows? You know, so we realize we, are, we think we are tiny, this small, insignificant thing. We are not. In the digital world that we live in, we are connected to the whole world. I run into people who are, you know, from other parts of the world. They're like, I know you. I'm like, how come? Because I see your podcast. You know, I watch, listen to your podcast. So that's what I want to be. I want to spend every second of my life being life-giving and powerful on behalf of the world. And it's not about me. It's about how am I being? Um, and, and a, and a re- book I read, you know, along this journey that really had a profound impact on me is called Flow. It's by uh, Mihail Shilmiaki. Uh, he studied happiness. He was, uh, he was in the concentration camps in Germany. And, um, and um, he interviewed people who are, quote, unquote, very successful, you know, people who are presidents, uh, you know, um, you know, people who have won Emmy Awards, people who have won Nobel Prizes, people who have been, you know, in public service, people who have been worth billions of dollars, like people who created industries. And he talked to them pretty much uh, when they were like in their 80s and 90s, you know, where they're about to die, you know, kind of the latter part of their life. And he interviewed them and he asked them a simple question, all of them. And he said, can you remember a moment when you were happy? They all had to go back to when they were kids. So on paper, they had everything you can imagine. But they were not happy the last 30, 40 years. Because they were chasing something. They were chasing that presidency. They were chasing that billion dollars. They were chasing that, you know, whatever else they were chasing. And we tend to live a life like that. I used to live a life like that. It's always chasing, chasing, never enough, never happy, never here. So then it came to me that what he remembered was that moment when he was running through that field when he was 12 years old. There was a story he talks about in that book. So I'm like, I don't want to wake up when I'm 70 years old and feel like I missed my entire life. So how can I be happy? But I found the real way to be happy is to be life-giving and powerful every minute of every second on behalf of the world. Because I don't know, there's something in the way we are wired as human beings. True happiness comes when you serve others. You know, it doesn't come when you have that car. It doesn't come, you know, when you have the perfect child or whatever else you think is perfect. It comes when you are just being there for others. So anyway, so... I know that's a long-winded answer, but I hope that it helps. <laughs> you know, that's okay. That's an absolutely, you know, amazing, amazing answer and so true. I know we, we have a subject that we want to talk about, but, but your journey is so true. And I, I think that so many listeners are going to relate because I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and it's true. It's like our most uh, valuable or our most precious moments are usually not when we're achieving things. You've said so much. That is so true. It's like, when, when you're on your deathbed, are you really thinking about all you've achieved? Or are you really thinking about how many hours you spent at work? Usually right. thinking, about, thinking about your family, or like you said, the childhood, which was referenced in that book. So that's really important. And I think, you know, in our field, there's so many people that are, and I know I am, just goal-driven, you know, goal-driven. What's my next goal? What's my next big thing? What am I going to achieve? But that's so important, what you just said, serving others. It's just so much more gratifying than even right. achieving 
all these big things on paper. Right. So, and I think you can do both, though. That's the fine part. When you're yeah. being life-giving and powerful, mm -hmm. you can achieve because when other people win, you win. You know what I mean? Right. When a billion people can use Google search to find out whatever they want in an instant, Google did win. They're worth a trillion dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> but a billion people want too. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. you can have it both ways. Right. You know, so I, I think this idea that either you are achieving or you are being happy, I think it's, it's nonsense. You know, and I think you, you pointed to a key point. A lot of us, especially, I, I don't know if it's women as much, but really men, we think of life as work, you know, and we don't realize that I can be life-giving and powerful when I'm being with my daughter as well. Right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, she's going to live on and do amazing things. Yeah. So through her, I can be living, you know, for another 100 years or 70 years. So I think, um, you know, we can be life-giving and powerful in every part of our life. So that's something I'm kind of becoming present to, you know, recently. Because it's like a, it's, it's really, I think Gandhi said it best. He said, uh, the real battles are not fought out there. They're fought inside you. Oh, yes. That's, and uh, yeah. and uh, it's, not, it's not in the real battlefields. It's all in your mind. It's all in looking at your own self. So, yeah. So I, I, I found that to be very inspirational. And we kind of don't want to look at the mirror sometimes. We're just busy, busy, busy living and uh, or doing or achieving. We just don't look at it. So appreciate that comment. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So I, I know we're, we're going to talk about some things today and we're going to really focus a lot on uh, how leveraging influence, uh, how to leverage influence marketing in your dental practice. I know that you help many different professions and there will be uh, listeners from an array of professions on here today uh, listening to our episode. But, but how did you get to the focus of, uh, you know, mainly we're heavily in a dental dental area? Yeah, I think I had this mindset, like I think of life as a box of chocolates that you don't know what, what you're going to get. You just open it and see what happens. <laughs> That's my favorite movie, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forrest Gump is my favorite movie of all times. <laughs> yeah, mine too. It's one of my top. I don't know if it's the favorite, but it's in the top five or ten. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's a great, great line. So, you know, um, a lot of times I don't know what I'm doing. I just do it. So back in 2008, uh, I was running this website called Busy Moms and uh, the U.S. economy crashed and, you know, we had uh, people advertising on the website and we were about to go under, but I guess you call it fate, you call it luck. A few months before that, I was talking to a dentist in Chicago and uh, he, uh, I was trying to get him to advertise on Busy Moms. His name is Dr. Ted Siegel. And uh, he said, you're really good at SEO. You're really good at driving traffic. and uh, you know, he's kind of one of those people who thinks differently. So he's like, every other marketing company who knows, who works with dentists, they don't have a website that brings in 200,000 people. So you know something they don't. What is it? He started probing me and I told him, you know, being an engineer, I built this system and this technique, the methodology to create content and, you know, all of that stuff. He's like, why don't you do my marketing? And his, his challenge to me was Chicago has 10,000 dentists. So if you can beat 10,000 dentists to help me, you know what, you have something interesting that the other 100,000 dentists will want. Because back then, marketing was really simple, which is pretty much all about SEO. So that's what I did. And I kind of applied my engineering brain and I tried to figure out how do we take what we did for ourselves and, uh, you know, build this massive marketing machine, but do it in a way that an average dentist can afford it. 
So 18 teams, all the products that came out of it, all the innovations that came out of it was that offshoot of how do we create all these marketing tools that work together to make the phone ring. So today we generate a half a million phone calls on behalf of doctors every single year. And out of the half a million, uh, you know, uh, I would say most of our clients happen to be dentists. So, so, you know, I guess, I don't know if I found dentistry or dentistry found me, <laughs> but uh, I just opened that box of chocolates and I had a chocolate and it's fun ever since. <laughs> and it's been working for you ever since. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing that you say that. I, I am a practicing dentist and I usually say, I don't know if I chose the profession or did it choose me? Because there's a unique uh, personality type that you, you have when you're working in you know, millimeters and things of that sort. So I always say that, and then dentistry chose you as well. So that's, that's something we have in common. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe in God. I think God has plans, okay. you know. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, you know what? You, you said something about, you know, you, you, have, you now have this team, and I just want to say you have an amazing team. I have um, uh, worked with uh, uh, several of your team members, and they are absolutely amazing. So I want to know, and this might not be in line with what the interview is about, but how did you attract such a wonderful team? <laughs> That's an excellent question. And I, 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 I would be lying to you if I told you I had all the answers on day one, <laughs> and I did it perfectly and all that stuff. I didn't. But I was searching in, inwards. and. Um, you know, um, it's kind of interesting. Um, of course, I keep evolving. So I'm describing kind of what it is right now. I think people are attracted to people who stand for something bigger than themselves. I think people are not stupid. They're very smart. So if your words and your actions don't jive, they'll see through it. It's like telling your kids, you know, you must put your shoes away, but you don't put your shoes away. You know what I mean? Like people watch what you do more than what you say. So, so coming back to what I was talking about, this idea of being life-giving and powerful on behalf of the world, you know, I, I think people identify with that because we all thought incorrectly that we are tiny. You know, like, like you and I talked about it. Right? You and I are not tiny. There could be somebody in the middle of, Papua New Guinea who's watching this and who's getting something from this. Maybe that person becomes a different person and maybe that touches his child. You know what I mean? We are not tiny anymore. So I think that's something that attracts people, that mindset of, you know, we can do huge things. And I stand for that and I kind of try to live by that. So for example, uh, I used to have meetings where people told me what they achieved. I don't have those anymore because if I trust them, I trust them. You know what I mean? So we have instead powerful conversations where they tell me what they're struggling with because reality is reality. When they're struggling with something, they're struggling with something. Uh, they share with me something that hopefully will inspire one of the other teams and I take that back and share it with other people. So I really think this idea of authenticity is really, really important. And it's kind of interesting though because uh, as human beings, we are very good at surviving very good at you know, like it's very hard to you know kill a human being we just survive we are like cockroaches we are good at you know, <laughs> like we it's very hard to destroy us i mean that's why even in these terrible wars and stuff people survive i mean i come from a war-torn country you know sri lanka people survive i'm not saying people don't die but my point is people have this amazing ability to survive 
it's what i think makes humans so interesting but the problem with that survival mindset is they're kind of how, how do i put it like they're living we are living an automatic life like for example uh, i'll give you a practical example so my daughter is on the phone i might tell her why wasting your time on the phone she might be doing something important for school because the kids today they do a lot of things on their phone right, right. but my automatic self is just trying to fix oh don't do this don't do that you know <laughs> but that's life sucking you know imagine when your dad keeps telling you why well, you know don't do this don't do that every single day mm-hmm. so i think when people realize you stand for something that's not automatic and the same old same old but you stand for something different you stand for something that's bigger something that's meaningful um i think it resonates with people like i mean um, i don't know if you have seen that uh, tv show called uh, i think it's called monday night lights uh, it's about a high school uh, football team and the whole town revolves around that football you know the whole town it's almost like you know like you know they're going through motions going to work and you know marriage problems this and that all kinds of issues and somehow that monday night monday night football brings gives them a purpose gives them a reason and that becomes everything the tiniest town is about and it's like a netflix show or some other show it was running for like six uh, episodes i mean six seasons uh so it's a pretty interesting show but i think we can live a bigger life than that i think we can live a life that's hap- makes you happy today So I think that's one of the reasons we attract the people we attract and uh, they stick with it. I'm not the easiest guy to work with. I'll tell them the truth. And sometimes truth can be painful, right? You know, if something is not working, it's not working. Yeah, but it's it's a story we create, right? We say it hurts, so it hurts. But usually truth in the long term liberates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh like if something is not working out today, it's not going to work out 5 days from now unless you do something about it. Unless you deal with it, right? So I think it's the culture I think it's the it's the it's a vision and my commitment to the vision and the vision is not about me 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 you all work hard so I have stuff it the vision is about how can we all grow together including our partners including you know our clients including uh you know um you know our team members and and I'm very upfront like with my clients I tell them you need to have three mindsets if you're going to succeed with us otherwise don't waste your time working with us appreciation growth mindset and teamwork and the reason i do that is if somebody doesn't appreciate and they're always getting up in the morning trying to tell you what's wrong with what you're doing they miss the entire big picture of marketing marketing is about uh you know influencing people when you influence people there are some things that are really really important for you to focus on there are some things that you think are important that is not important you know like a lot of people get not a lot but some people get obsessed with the website they will make us change the website like 17 times but having done this for 15 years or 10 years for dentists i know that's only 2% of your success mm-hmm. so it's like you're getting 100 marks in 2% of your grade and then you get zero in the other 98% you know what i mean i'll tell this to my clients and i tell them if you're going to work with us let us lead let us help you figure out what are the 15 things we need to focus on because it's all of them coming together that makes the phone ring not just a pretty website that nobody goes to right right so so i think it's just kind of the person i'm becoming i think i'm always becoming something the you know trying to be life giving and you know um uh, and uh, powerful and and then helping out my team do the same thing because i want that for them you know so i think people people are attracted to that so 
hopefully that answers your question. It does. It does. It, it definitely answers my questions and, and kudos to you. The, the truth of while it may be hard, sometimes it's so necessary. And like you said, it, it, you have to do something about things when you're, when you're telling that truth. And so it looks like your team can appreciate all of the valuable feedback that you all are sharing. And they are absolutely wonderful. So I'll say that one more time. So you, you mentioned something and you kind of led into the influence, uh, the influence of, of getting of marketing, of getting people to, to uh, for example, visit your website or the other key parts that influence people to, to in essence, buy from you or, or use you in our field and uh, to come to us as dentists. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you leverage uh, how you leverage the influence marketing for the dental practice. Can you tell us some more about that? Absolutely. I have been fascinated by psychology. I, I guess I've been fascinated by human beings. You know, for me, like, I don't get excited about, my daughter's into robotics. I don't get excited about robots. I don't get excited about, you know, fixing my lamp or my computer. I get excited about human beings. And I've been fascinated by uh, how human beings make decisions, how human beings uh, conduct themselves in the world. So I've been kind of paying attention to this. And there's a book I read that really had a profound impact on me called Influence by Dr. Robert Cialdini. Okay. And he's a psychologist slash marketing professor, you know, PhD in psychology uh, at Arizona State. He's 70 plus years old. He wrote a book in 1984, if I'm not mistaken, called Influence. And uh, he talks about um, the six principles. If used correctly, it creates a moment of influence. In that moment, you are three times more likely to get people to say yes. And uh, if I were to give you a quick overview of marketing, that's the basics. You need to have a website. You need to have certain things. And most importantly, when people are Googling you or searching for you, people need to find you. Because if they don't know that you can do implants, you can't blame them for not calling your office. So SEO is very powerful for that. You know, uh, ad, ads are very powerful for that. You know what I'm trying to say? And uh, so that's, that's the basics of marketing. But now that's not good enough anymore because there are 100 others who also are good at making sure that you know that they can do dentistry. They have billboards, they have signs, they have websites, they do SEO and so forth. So how do you become the one out of 20 or 100 that the client picks you? So influence is very powerful. And um, to give you a quick overview of the six influence principles, it's reciprocity, meaning when you are being grateful to me and thanking me in that moment of when you're being grateful. If I ask you for something in return or anything at all, the chance of you saying yes goes up 300%, right? So the key point he's making is these six influence principles creates a moment. In that moment, if you do it the right way, you will get a yes. Three times more likely than if you don't. There's no guarantees. Doesn't mean this is like 100%, but it's three times more likely you'll get a yes. So reciprocity is one of them. Authority is one of them. You know, Oprah says, go buy a book on an Oprah show. Book is sold out. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know um, liking, we tend to do business with those we like. Who do we like? We like people like us. So I am 50s, you are 50s. So you will notice a lot of dentists will have patients that are kind of like them, you know, because we like people who are like us. And uh, we also like people who care about us, who's not about like, oh, I have this go buy my product, but let me understand what you want. Let me understand what your goals are. And let me help you achieve those goals. You know, who's the best friend for all of us? 
dog. Why? Because he's interested in us. You know, you come home, he's like, you are the best thing that ever happened to him. <laughs> he can't be happier to see you, right? I mean, why? Because he's interested in us. I mean, that's so basic, but we miss that, you know. So that's a very powerful influence principle. Um, the next one is uh, social proof. It's becoming really, really, really powerful. What's happening is as we get overloaded with information 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we need a shortcut to feel safe. So when I Google your name and I see four websites with you know, five stars next to your name, I feel I'm making a safe choice by calling your office to book an appointment, right? And it only took me five seconds to figure that out because I don't need to even read the reviews. I Google your business name or your name and I see four websites with five stars or four and a half stars. Yeah, it's a safe choice. I'm calling you. So social proof is really important because, I mean, if you notice, in the old days, people cared about Citibank and all the institution, the Tide detergent. Now nobody even thinks about those things. Now, only thing they care about is how many reviews do you have on Amazon.com or how many reviews you do have on Google. And if many of those sites are saying you are great, you must be great. You know, so that's a hugely powerful, like I have seen clients' businesses go up 10%, 20% just by working on that review part. Um, Authority, liking, social proof. Um, the other one is scarcity. Now, we want things we cannot have. I'm not sure this is as effective for dentists. I have a few practices who are very good at this. So I have a practice. Uh, he's a holistic dentist. People wait six months to see him. Nice. And uh, because there's, you know, there's only him, <laughs> he has built his brand. We've been working in, with him for like eight years now. So people wait a long time to see him. But when they see him, he spends an entire 90 minutes. He makes them feel like a human being. And he treats them like he would treat his wife. He would treat his brother. He would treat his son. He tells them, he listens to what they want. He listens to what they are here for. And then he tells them what he would tell his son. And he doesn't tell them you must do this or else. He just tells them, this is what I think. And then they're like, yes. So he's you know, booked out six months in advance. And uh, so it works, but you have to have that kind of long-term thinking to have that kind of a business model. Uh, so those are some of the, and the most important principle I didn't touch on is commitment slash consistency. This is supremely powerful. Uh, commitment, like you and I made a commitment to meet each other, right? You know, we both kept it. A written commitment is better than a verbal commitment. A public commitment is better than a private commitment. We all make private commitments on, you know, New Year's resolutions. Most of us don't keep it because we didn't, we didn't tell our commitment to somebody else. Right. So every new year, like at least I have, you know, I make a commitment to lose weight, but I, then I don't lose weight. Uh, now, when you go to go on the TV show, because loser and you make a commitment in front of a million people, you're going to lose weight. You know what? Most people lose hundreds of pounds because for human beings, a commitment made in public is very powerful versus a commitment made in private. I think if you want to understand human beings, the most important principles is consistency. Consistency is our mindset. So if I think I'm a liberal, whatever the liberal talk show host shares with me, I'm going to agree with. If I think I'm a conservative, whatever the conservative person is saying, I'm going to agree with. Again, it's a shortcut we have developed. So we have these mindsets. Like, for example, you may have noticed some uh, women who are in abusive relationships, but they don't get out of it. And part of the reason is they feel they made the choice to marry that person. So they stay in that relationship a lot longer because they somehow feel guilty of, you know, 
oh, well, it's my commitment, I chose this, and things like that, right? So commitment and consistency, it drives us. I mean, you talk about cultures, right? We marry people from the same background, same ethnicity, same country, you know? It's because that's what everybody else does. That's the way it is in my community. You know what I mean? So we have these unwritten rules we live by. And uh, it's very powerful over us, you know? Um, so I'm sure you've been watching this debate in, on TV about truth and untruth and all that stuff. And, and, and uh, it's pretty interesting. A lot of times they'll bring in an authority figure to say, this guy said it. So if the big famous guy said it, it must be true. So we as human beings live in this struggle of, you know, what is truth? What is not, you know, if somebody important says it, is it true? You know, like it's very fascinating, you know, the, and it's, it's uh, the good news is think of it like the autopilot, you know, that's what keeps us safe. You know, it's safe to marry the person from the same country, for example, or culture, you know, because people have been doing it for hundreds of years and it kind of worked out, you know? So it's, it's our, it's our protection mechanism to kind of stick with these mindsets, these ideologies. Um, but also it can be our downfall because we don't see the world differently. Now, if you're a marketer and you're trying to do good with this, right? I don't recommend doing bad with this. So if you really believe in providing a healthy, healthy, beautiful smile for your patients, you can leverage these principles in your favor. So when a patient is saying something like, I really appreciate what you did for my gums. They don't bleed anymore. My, I have you know, diabetes in my family. Thanks a lot for helping me with this because I know if I don't take care of it, it could affect my overall health. They're being grateful. In that moment, you could say, hey, do you mind if I send you a quick text message? You know, I really appreciate your feedback. Do you mind if I send you a quick text message? Can you write a review for me? They're going to jump and say, so you tapped into reciprocity. You acknowledge their reciprocity, and then you got their commitment to send the text, and you send the text with the link to a review site, which you can use something like Grow My Reviews for. So uh, you can do wonderful things if you understand psychology to grow your practice. Yeah, that, that's so true. I, I, I'm over here taking notes, and I hope everyone else is as well. Uh, the Grow My Reviews is, is something that, you know, I have used, and it, it has been wonderful, and just uh, ca capitalizing, for lack of better terms, on exactly what you said, when the patient is, they're, they're happy, they're appreciative, they, they're expressing gratitude, and in that moment, we, we do what you recommend. We say, oh, would you mind sharing sharing this with others. Uh, when you send that text message, they immediately, they do it. They do it right on the spot because you've done something good for them. You've improved their health. You've made them feel better. You didn't hurt them when you were treating them. You were nice to them. And as such, they want to do something nice for you as well. So, so that is, that is, is, is so true. And it, it, it's, it's just amazing how that works. And like you said, the, this whole thing is psychology. And, and a lot of things that we do daily is psychology. Everything you do, how you make the patients feel. I think Maya Angelou said, it's not what you, uh, and I, I may be uh, paraphrasing this, it's not really what you do or say, it's how you make people feel. And that's what resonates with people. Right. So it is, it's psychology. It's how the office runs, how it feels, how it smells. It's a whole psychology of the really the type of services that the patients are going to receive just based on the psychology of what they feel when they're there. 
So that's really true. So you're using the authority, uh, the like, the social proof, uh, scarcity and consistency or commitment, which you said is one of the, the most important or the strongest. Right. Right. Is there anything else that you want to add about that marketing influence? Yeah, another thing that has been very powerful and it's free, you can use it. It's called Doctor's Choice Awards where doctors rate each other. And, um, and that comes down to authority. We believe insiders know something the outsiders don't. So when you go to a bookstore, what do you see at the back cover of the book? You see a review from somebody in the same space. So if the book is on politics, you will see a review from a famous senator or a famous president, right? If the book is on personal development, you will see a review from Tony Robbins. Because our mind goes, if Tony Robbins thinks this is a good book, this must be a good book. If the president thinks it's a good book, and I, of course, like the president, this must be a good book. Because why? He's a president. He's in politics. So he knows something about books on politics, right? So authority is very powerful. So what the way Doctor's Choice Awards works is you get a page. It's free. You can go there and sign up. And uh, you send it to your colleagues and they say what they think about you. So it's a review. And a lot of times they'll say things like, we have like 4,000 doctors with reviews on it right now. They will say things like, uh, I've known him for the last 10 years. I went to school with him or I see him at conferences. He's dedicated to continuing education. He's a doctor I tremendously respect. I would highly recommend him. Now, when you go to a page that has 10 of these reviews, and 10 different doctors, and they don't have to be dentists, could be any kind of doctors, because for the average human being, they don't know the difference between, a, I mean, maybe they do, but for them, a doctor is a doctor is a doctor. They, we all went, you know, you all went to medical school and you all, you know, uh, spent 10 years of your life, you know, getting that title, right? So for them, you have something special that they don't have. Uh, so when um, they read 10 other quote unquote doctors saying wonderful things, they think you know something they don't. And, and therefore, they're much more likely to listen to you. This is one of the biggest challenges that doctors tell me that people will come and say, well, the other dentist told me this, or well, Google told me that. But when they have 10 other doctors saying, you know what you're talking about, all of that vanishes. Now they're like listening to you at the edge of their seat. You're making recommendations, they're taking it seriously. Uh, like I've heard doctors say things like, some, sometimes patients would say, I can't believe I get to shake your hands. You know, because, <laughs> because you're, you're a celebrity doctor. Yeah, you're like you're somebody. You're not like oh, a dentist down the street. You know, and and of course, how do we treat our celebrities? We treat them with respect. We hang on to every word they say. We do. Of course, you have to do good with it. So I keep emphasizing it. You know, so if you're committed to their smile and their health, use all these influence principles. So I do think eventually in the long term, you have to do good. Otherwise, you know, it's not worth it. So unfortunately, people do bad things with influence principles, you know, but um, I wouldn't go anywhere near that just because I can't look at the mirror at night and feel good about myself. Right. Right. Well, all right. That is such valuable information. So we have the doctor's choice, which uh, uh, enhances or reinforces the authority uh, principle of influence. Uh, back to the reviews. So for the people who are listening today, we're going to include a link uh, at the, in the show notes so they will get a free trial for the Grow My Reviews. Absolutely. That would be amazing. Thank okay. you very much. Yeah. So I believe they get to try it for 
uh, is it 14 days for a dollar yeah. or something like that? Yes, uh, it's, exactly. it's 14 days. And, you know, like I said, I use it and it has worked wonders for my practice. It works much better than waiting and sending the patient an email and, you know, asking for a review in the patients in the office, then shooting them an email. And everybody wants to do it. But once they, once they leave the practice, life happens and you're kind of last on the priority list when the child has the soccer practice and things of that sort. So when you do it on the spot, people, they reciprocate the whole reciprocity. So we will include that. And also, I, I want to say, I mean, I have a quick story about uh, the, the good reviews and the negative reviews. Things are a little bit different nowadays. Like you said, it's the whole social proof, what everybody believes. Uh, and now just getting a, a ton of positive reviews about what you're passionate in really helps. I know, I remember when I got my first negative review and I was just so shocked because I had like hundreds of positive reviews and this was in my first practice. And I, back then I didn't know how to handle it. I was like, well, the, the person was late for the appointment, by the way, and we have a policy that we run on time. And that usually doesn't uh, offend most people because they're so appreciative that we're on time for their appointments. But back then I didn't know how to handle it. And so these days, the, the protocol for handling uh, a negative review after you get one, and you probably are at some point, is to address it or either get more positive reviews that reflect what your your audience uh, or your your guest uh, feel about you. So this is a, an important platform, I think, for all people who are in any kind of profession or business. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you're right. People don't read hundred reviews today, right? They look at how many stars you have. So I think, uh, I think you need to address it and respond to it in a very professional way, yeah. according to HIPAA guidelines and everything else, um, uh, without making the person feel like there is something wrong. So you have to be very careful in the words you choose. But at the same time, don't stress about it because they don't read these reviews. They are looking for, you have 4.8 stars with 39 reviews because they don't have time. They just, you know, go, go, go. It's all about how many stars you have on how many websites. So. I think it's a mindset thing, right? I think you are right. Like, uh, you know, like, which is again, consistency, right? As a doctor who, I, 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 I think you are a perfectionist. So when you see something that's not who you are, it bugs the living daylights out of you. <laughs> so, I am, I am a self-professed perfectionist too. It's, it's both, both a blessing and a curse. So yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> So great. So, okay, Niran. So we, we have the free link for the Grow My Reviews. Uh, you have a ton of other things that are, are working really well. Uh, your bio speaks for itself. Now, if someone who's listening wanted to get in touch with you, how might they do that? Yes, um, they could email me directly. It's Narain, which is N for Nancy, A-R-E-N for Nancy, Narain at equa.com, E for Elephant. K for Kevin, W for window, A for apple, equa.com. Perhaps you could include that in our call notes. Okay. They could also go to the website and they can get a hold of us through the website, ekwa.com. And uh, yeah, anybody listening, if you want us to look at your marketing and see uh, how well you are doing when it comes to the basics like SEO, websites, etc., as well as when it comes to influence principles and are you using it effectively with your digital marketing, uh, we would love to, you know, for all your listeners, you know, kind of do that analysis. It's a four-hour analysis and then a one-hour meeting to share what we find with you. So 
Uh, that's uh, another gift for all your listeners today. Thank you very much, Dr. Samuel. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. I have uh, really appreciated and enjoyed this time that we spent together. I continuously learn from you all, from ECLA, uh, you and your team. So just thank you for being on here. Uh, I'm sure that the viewers have appreciated learning as well. Thank you very much. And I also want to personally thank you for appreciating our team because I know it means a lot to them. Because I know they, 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 they feel you are a very special human being and uh, they want to make sure that, you know, uh, we take care of you. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And so this concludes another episode of the Efficient Practice Podcast. If you have not, please make sure to subscribe to rate and review the show. And also, if you haven't joined, please join our free Facebook group, which is called the Efficiency Now Network. There are many professionals that are on there and they're like Naren and they're giving lots of information, valuable to valuable tools to grow your business and to have more productivity, more profitability and a better quality of life. Uh, thank you so much again, once again, Naren, for being on the show. And to our listeners, uh, we will see you on the next show. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Efficient Practice Podcast with Dr. Evelyn Samuel.